You're listening to the Metaverse Podcast, and this is session number 95. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of tabletop games, explore what it takes to make a local game store an elf business. That means easy, lucrative, and fun. We believe that by learning new skills and strategies, we can elevate the entire industry, make a greater impact on our local communities, and create profitable businesses that allow us to enjoy the hobbies and games that got us into the industry in the first place. And if you want to fast-track your game store's success, then head over to manaversaga.com forward slash join and become a member of the Maniverse Network. That's where you'll find a community of game store owners dedicated to building their businesses, as well as all of the recordings from the 2020 LGS Success Summit, additional content only available to members of the network. My goal this year is to make the Maniverse Network the place to be for ambitious game store owners that want to grow their businesses, so to that end, I've got a number of exciting projects planned over the next 12 months, including the 2021 LGS Success Summit coming this summer. Go to maniversesaga.com forward slash join to become a member today. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin. And today we're talking about Gamma Expo 2021. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure is a very small subset of you listening right now, Gamma Expo happened in March of this year, which was about three weeks ago as of this recording. And it was the very first time that uh, Gamma was run in a virtual environment. Uh, they were getting with the times. Uh, they used a software called Spatial Chat to run their expo this time. And it was uh, quite a good experience overall. I, I really enjoyed Spatial Chat. I think it was a really good way of uh, mostly replicating the experience of an in-person event, but online. It was a, very, it was a cool way of doing it. Uh, but there were some issues, some challenges that I ran into, uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who ran into them. So I wanted to do a quick review of some of the pros and some of the cons of what happened at Gamma Expo this year, and uh, hopefully... D- put together some constructive criticism and some some uh, positive feedback so that uh, if you're listening to this and you're one of the organizers or you were involved in the event somehow, in some way, uh, hopefully this helps you for next time. And again, this is all my personal experience. This isn't going to be the same for everybody. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I've tried to stay away from just personal preference and just think of uh, you know ways that could be improved, more efficiency, more effective, that kind of thing. Uh, so let's just jump into the cons first, and then we'll wrap up with the pros, and we'll end up on a positive note. So I know I'm not the only one who ran into some of these issues, but the first thing that I had a trouble with was just registering for the expo in the first place. So if you have a Gamma account, I'm sure most of you do, uh, but if you don't, you haven't gone through the process of registering for one, I suggest you do, definitely become a Gamma member. Uh, but when you create your account for the first time, what you're creating is a company account. And this is not immediately obvious when you do it. You just you create the account, it's under your name, you think, okay, I've got an account. How, how much more complicated can it be? Well, answer is uh, slightly more complicated than you expect. So uh, in my experience, what happened was I created the account and then I tried to register for the Gamma Expo, which was in the link on your little account homepage. So, okay, click that link to register here. Okay, I will do that. It takes you to a page that says, hey, you have the wrong account type. You cannot register for this event, which I thought was confusing because I was fairly confident that there were no real restrictions for Gamma Expo in terms of account type. There are different types of Gamma accounts. Uh, So that shouldn't have been an issue. I don't know what the problem is here. So 
I kept trying to tinker around and like, okay, so is there another button? Is there something I have to change? What's going on here? Uh, I actually reached out a couple of times via the contact page, which is another one of the issues that I ran into, uh, to just try and get some direction, some help, some assistance to be like, okay, I'm running into an error message and I don't understand why I feel like I shouldn't be having an issue here. I should be able to register. Uh, but one of the, one of the challenges that I ran into at least was that I never got a response. So as far as uh, improvements for the future, uh, being a little bit more responsive on the email inquiries, I know you're, you guys were probably super busy at the time, so I do understand. Uh, but when people are trying to register for your event, it does help to be responsive and uh, supportive in that regard. So uh, answering the emails would have been a, a plus. Uh, what actually happened, and I eventually figured this out, was that within your company account, you have to create an individual account for each person within the organization, and then those individual accounts register for the expo. So uh, if this was an in-person event, this would have been no big issue because I would have been able to just walk into the physical conference space, but in an online event, that was a bit more complicated. So once I had figured that out, and I kind of like bounced around the pages a couple of times to see what the direction was supposed to be, what I was supposed to be doing. And eventually, uh, I can't remember which page it was, but there was a small paragraph that said, oh, once you've got this, you need to create your individual account. Okay, so I did that, created the individual account, and managed to register for the expo. Uh, so great, finally got that figured out. Uh, unfortunately, that took over a course of days, basically. So I registered for the Gamma account, and then uh, this was prior to Gamma Expo, and then it took me a few days to kind of get through that process of just tinkering around and, and seeing if there was a solution to this problem that I could figure out on my own. And I managed to, uh, well, unfortunately I missed day one of Gamma Expo because of this issue. So I didn't get the individual account registered in time, and I wasn't able to figure it out until the day of day one, and then actually like, log in and access day two. So that was the first challenge I had, was just registering for the account and figuring that out. Uh, that could have been much more clear each step of the way. That should have been uh, very easy to do. Like that, that shouldn't be a difficult process. Uh, at the very minimum, what I would have hoped for would have been a little bit of direction as to what the next step should be. So if I run into an error page that says, hey, you have the wrong account, what you need to do is create an individual account and then it, that account needs to register. Oh, okay, that would have helped a lot. So I would include that on the error page. I would make that part of the instructions as to how to register for uh, one of the events within the Gamma structure, one of the, of the back end of the software of the website. So that was the first challenge. The second challenge, now that I'm registered, everything's great, seems cool. I got the email that says, here's the schedule and all that other good stuff. Uh, now, where's the link? So like I said, if this is a physical in-person event, it's pretty simple. I get my badge and I walk inside the, the hotel, the pepper mill, and I, I start chatting it up in the conferences. But when it's a virtual event, you need the URL. You can't just walk into the space. There's nothing like that. You need the specific place to go. And what I learned later was that uh, the link to the spatial chat room that they uh, organized was sent out in an email broadcast uh, a few days prior to the expo. So everyone who had registered uh, two or three days prior to, they got the email, they got this link, and that was you know, how they accessed the space. The challenge was anyone who registered after the fact, and I know I'm not alone in this because I saw several people uh, 
questioning and commenting in the Facebook group that was uh, for the expo as to like what they're supposed to be doing. How do I get in here? Uh, they never got that link. So they had an autoresponder set up so that when, like I said, uh, when I did register for the expo, I got an email immediately that said, you know, thanks for registering. Here's the schedule. Uh, but that email should have included the link. So that's something that can be done, uh, you know, better for the future. Uh, definitely put those, make it easier to access the, the actual spatial chat space. Make it very clear. Put the link on like all your communications. Don't forget to log in here. This is how you access the space. That should be in the autoresponders. It should be in your broadcast. It should, should have been on the page that I ended up on after finally registering. It should have been right here. Here's the link. Once the Gamma Expo is live, click here to join. Something like that would have, would have worked out really well. I actually found the link by just scanning through the Facebook group and going into a comment thread and finding, okay, here's the spatial chat space. That's how I get, here's the link I need to be able to join. So that shouldn't have, that shouldn't have been the path for me to get there. It should have been much easier than that. Uh, the third thing that I think probably could have been uh, improved would have been making the schedule more prominent. So this is something that actually would have been really good because of spatial chat and the way that it's structured and the way that uh, you can organize an event. The way that, uh, so what happened was when you join spatial chat for the first time, you end up in a lobby. And a lobby is, uh, it's like a big chat room. And the way spatial chat works is that you get this little avatar bubble on the screen that you can move around and it tries to replicate like your physical presence so that you can only hear people that your avatar is actually close to. And it, scales up or down based off of how far you are distance wise. So the lobby was a picture of the pepper mill and it was fine on its own, but the, uh, the rooms, so the spatial chat space is broken out into a bunch of different rooms. There was the lobby, there was a customer service place, uh, trying to remember from memory. Uh, there was a bunch of seminar rooms, a bunch of shared booths and like dedicated vendor booths. And most of the time, most people were either in a lobby or in a networking room or one of the seminar rooms. The trouble that I was having, and I, I had this conversation with a few other people during the event, that just one of those nice things to have would have been making the schedule much more prominent. So we got it in an email, which was great. We had it, uh, uh, it was available on the website, but the when the event is happening, you don't have a huge amount of time to constantly look, be like, okay, what's coming up next? What's coming up next? Uh, it's, it's not like a physical conference where you actually get like a little booklet that you can kind of carry around with you and you can scan through to see what the calendar says. That didn't exist unless you had like another window open and you could, you could look at it that way. Uh, one of the opportunities because of the way spatial chat worked was that they could have put the lobby, uh, they could have, uh, the lobby has a graphic behind it. Like I said, the pepper mill, they could have put the schedule for each day right there and said, okay, this is what is going to happen over the course of the day. At this time, this seminar is going to, or this seminar is going to be presented in seminar room one. This one's going to be here and this one's going to be here. That would have made it uh, a little bit easier to navigate and figure out what was going on. I ended up kind of just bouncing around and seeing what was happening at what time and just kind of seeing like, oh, drop into the seminar room. Oh, what's this topic about? Okay, drop into this one and then this one and then this one and just kind of like seeing what was happening because it was easier than constantly consulting uh, the uh, schedule that was on another page or in another email that I have to dig through my inbox to find. Uh, other areas of improvement, and some of these I know uh, might not necessarily be something that can be done because of just the way that the structure, the way that the software works, uh, but one of the, a nice little 
uh, improvement would have been making the seminar rooms have the name of the presentation as the title rather than just like seminar room one. Uh, because again, you, that's not something that you could preview. You could, you had, you actually join and you had to look at it and you had to sit there and listen and find out what it was. And it, even then it wasn't always necessarily obvious, right? You could see the person's face in the presentation, uh, but you might have to sit there for a few minutes to figure out what they were talking about. Uh, so just being like, this is a seminar. This is what we're talking about, you know, as the title for the space would have made it a lot easier to kind of navigate from the lobby area from, from an, a high level view. I don't know if that's a possibility with spatial chat. I haven't looked into that as to the, how that would, or how difficult that would have been to constantly up, get, updating the titles, but that would have been a nice little, uh, a little bonus, a nice feature. And again, this isn't something that might be possible because it's just not a thing with spatial chat would have been a having the ability to post a sticker near your avatar that said, you know, free to chat, come talk to me, I want to meet someone new or something like that. Uh, because the way that spatial chat worked, it was kind of weird. So like you imagine a physical space, you imagine a lot of people in a room and they're all talking to each other in small groups. And, you know, it's a little strange if you just sort of sidle up next to somebody and just start listening in and just be like, hey, can I talk? Can I, can I? join you guys uh, for some people at least for me that's always a little bit of a, an awkward situation is just sliding into an existing conversation or just kind of sliding up next to somebody and be like hey what are you doing here another challenge is in a physical space the person is there right you know that they're there because they're, they're they're right there you can just tap them on the shoulder and you can have a conversation with them if you want to and if that's your inclination that's fine uh, but in a virtual space, I know that there were a lot of people who were just sort of doing something in the background or were present, but not actually present. Like they were logged in and I'm sure this was, this happened to me. And this was one of the things that I was doing was that for the most part, I just kind of hung out in the lobby during some of the downtime and I would do my work on the side. I would be doing other things, you know, while I was logged in, but my avatar was just kind of sitting there. So I'm sure that while I wasn't paying attention or I was away from my computer at the time, um, I'm sure there were uh, a handful of people who came in and said, hey, what's going on? You know, what's, what are you all about? And then silence because I wasn't there. I wasn't ready to, to talk. It was just sort of present, you know, there but not there. So a little, uh, I don't know, like something to highlight or maybe even what they could have done was had a space within the lobby because again, you know, the graphic, right? You can actually do this uh, via some sort of a, a designated area in the graphic that says, I'm here to chat, please come talk to me. And you could have been like, okay, well, I'm, you know, away and I'm, I'm, I'm away uh, AFK, I'm not near my keyboard. I can be somewhere else in the corner or something trying to, you know, hide. I'm here, but I'm, I'm not here. Uh, but if you're actively waiting for someone and you want to have a conversation with people, you know, you hang out in the conversation spot or something like that. Uh, and like there were networking rooms specifically for that, but again, that, that wouldn't necessarily solve the, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm logged in, but I'm not actually ready to talk or I'm, I'm busy doing something else. And just something like that would have been good. Uh, if there was some sort of like a little notification, uh, speech bubbles or something like that would have been great. Uh, the other thing, yeah. So the, the issue that I had was just being able, unable to preview space kind of wasn't great. And this isn't something that Gamma can do. Uh, because it's a spatial chat thing, but it was a little bit strange and like it actually didn't work out too badly in terms of uh, starting a conversation. But when you click on an, a space 
inside spatial chat it just drops you into the room somewhere it's seemingly randomly so you end up in the middle of a space and this is actually how i ended up encountering a few people and kind of having a conversation getting to know someone which was nice but if you're just like i want to see what's happening right like in a conference space you can kind of do uh do the walkabout through the middle and just scan the tables and see what's happening and see what you're interested in but in spatial chat you drop in and you're in that booth so people are gonna be like hey what's going on what can i help you with are you interested in learning about whatever it is and you're like well i was just walking by I just wanted to see first, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. So I like to observe. I like to kind of look at what's happening and see the situation before I jump in and start talking to somebody. And that wasn't really an option. You couldn't look at the space to see, you know, is this even like, are these booths that are even relevant to me? Cause some of them, you know, definitely were not. Uh, so that would have been a thing that I would like to see, but you know, the spatial chat is what it is. And unless they make a change, it's not like Gambit can do anything about that. And then the final, uh, uh, I don't want to say complaint, because it's not really a complaint, but the final criticism was basically uh, that the time restrictions for the seminars were actually a bit tight. And I think everyone had about 30 minutes, 30 minutes straight, and they were scheduled back to back relatively, relatively quickly with not a lot of setup time. So I know that uh, there were quite a few where the seminar ended, but there were still a lot of questions left afterwards. There were still a lot of people who were like, well, I wanted to, I wanted to ask all these questions and have this conversation, but you know, the next person's gotta go, right? Cause the schedule's tight. So that I would have, uh, would have loosened up a little bit. Now, like I know scheduling is a challenge. I get that. And it's <laughs> for the LGS success summit, I ended up kind of going on the other side and made it too much of a gap. Uh, so somewhere, uh, I'm, I'm sure there is a happy medium in the middle there where, you know, 40 minutes with a five minute Q&A or a 10 minute Q&A or something like that probably would have been optimal. And it probably would, probably would have taken care of the audience questions a little bit more effectively. So those are the cons. Those are really the things that I ran into an issue with. Uh, you know, uh, the things that could have been improved were just making simple things like making it more obvious what the next steps are once you register, uh, putting the, the link in a more prominent space, making it more clear and uh, like obvious and intuitive as to what you should be doing and how to access it. So, you know, since they're doing a hybrid event for the follow-up in uh, 2022, then this is just a, a, a you know, a good, a good platform for improvement on the future. So just do a few things and you'll be great. Everything else was, was excellent. So that's, those are my cons, those are my downsides. Uh, what did you think in terms of you know, your experience with Gamma? Let me know what you ran into. Did you have the same uh, issues as me in registering and, and finding you know, and logging in and that sort of thing? Or did you run into some other issues? I would be happy to, to hear what your experience was like. And uh, you know, we can put it all together and, and send, it, send it back to Gamma as a, as a nice little feedback package. So let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the pros. So this was actually my first time being able to attend Gamma, which is great, be, but it was because it was digital. Travel costs to get to the West Coast have always been prohibitive. And I'm, I know I'm not alone in this. There were a lot of game store owners who are, you know, who are in Europe or South Africa or, you know, uh, like in Japan or, you know, there are a lot of store owners all over the world and getting to the West Coast of America is a challenge, right? It's a, it's a, either a very long or very expensive plane flight most of the time. And then you are also talking, you know, a week's worth of hotel stay. There's food, uh, travel costs. It's, it's an expensive venture. It's 
I would generally say that it's worth it, but that's not something that everybody can do. And, and even if it's just the time commitment, it can be a challenge. Whereas this, uh, people were able to come and go. You could put it on in the background of while you were working in the shop. And being able to do that was a, was a big boost. It was a big reason why I think this, uh, this event, this expo went so well. That was because it was digital. And uh, I essentially had the same, same, uh, same issues with being able to attend uh, prior to the fact that they brought this one online. Uh, so, so that was the first thing. Digital was great. Uh, it allowed a lot of new people to attend that wouldn't have otherwise been able to. And again, hybrid event, kind of bringing in the same sort of group. Uh, spatial chat was a pretty good substitute for a physical venue. That uh, was quite surprising at how reasonable it was in replicating a physical space. Uh, you know, that's something that's very difficult to create online, but it did a pretty good job of, of kind of creating that experience. And I, I definitely liked it a lot and I will consider it myself for a possible future summit. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, seminars were good. The content was good. There was a lot of people interested and a lot of people learning, which was fantastic. Uh, it was really nice being able to connect with people and have a conversation. That's one of the things that I'm sure a lot of us are missing in general is just having this camaraderie and, and talking to somebody who is in a similar situation to you, having a similar experience as you, facing the same challenges as you. Uh, being able to do that is probably one of one of the nicest things you can do in this business and being able to meet people in person obviously would be nice, but this is a good, uh, a good second best. There's not a huge number of places you can do this. And that's one of the things that I was trying to recreate as much as I could with the summit. And I'm, that's what I'm hoping to do for the next one is creating that connection, uh, bringing people together so that they can kind of share their experiences and that sort of thing. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, being able to customize the space for the vendor was pretty cool. I did like that, and I uh, I talked to John uh, John Rod from Gatekeeper Games, and he had a, uh, a pretty nice little booth, and he was saying essentially the same thing that, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier to create a JPEG image with some of your promo, you know, your logo, some graphics, some basic information about what you're doing and what you're offering than it is to set up a booth and then, you know, merchandise it and do all of the demo table or whatever else you're doing and then tear it down once you're done. Much, much faster. So being able to customize that and kind of shape that how you wanted to was a really cool way of doing it. And again, I don't know, like you, there are ways that you can use that ability to customize things that just don't apply in real life. So like there, there are ways to create stuff. Uh, so like there was one vendor who had a video playing in the background as well as a live cam. So you could actually, uh, I, went, I, I, I dropped in on them and they showed me a live demo of them creating something, which is, it, it was a really cool way of doing things online. So it was actually very interesting to see what they, uh, what they were able to do. Uh, yes, the last part was it was a big hit with the attendees. There were a lot of people who were, who were very happy with the way the event ran, the way that the software worked. They liked it. I agree with the overall tone of that. I, I think it was a very fun, uh, well-run event. I'm sure it took a lot of people to organize everything and keep it all running smoothly, especially since they had so much running concurrently because of the track system. Uh, so they did a great job. They, overall, everyone did a really great job, and the decision to do a hybrid event actually just makes a lot of sense. I do wonder how much it's going to divide the audience, and that will 
you know, it remains to be seen how that's going to play out. Uh, but that's something that I would be concerned with, is that how much or how much ability people joining online will have to interact with people who are in person, like how hard that'll be, because it feels like it'll be basically two separate events. Either you attend live and you, you meet people live and you have conversations live, or you attend online and you have people, you have conversations with the people who are also online. So you might have this uh, strange, like, you know, division where uh, you have a, you know, a good portion, who knows, like maybe half or more of the people who would normally attend live or online and the people who, you know, are actually there in person are only there to be able to interact with the people in person. So uh, hopefully that doesn't cause too much of an issue and they figure out a way to bridge that gap. But I think it will be a good experience overall. And uh, yeah, so to summarize, basically, there were a few things that went wrong. There are a few challenges that I had personally, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in that. And there's some very simple solutions that they could put in place for the next time that would make that, that basically eliminate those easily. So it, those aren't insurmountable, nor are they deal breakers. It'd be pretty easy to do that. So uh, operationally, I think it was handled very well, especially since it was the first attempt with the software. Uh, just need to improve the process and registering. So the things that I would change personally after going through all of this would be just make the registration process simpler and more obvious. You know, I shouldn't have to click around the Gamma website to try to figure out how to register for something that should be easy. Uh, put the information on the landing page, your profile, plus the link to the space. So that, that's the way that the Gamma account works is that you log into your little homepage on the back end. Uh, all of that stuff should be there. Like Once you register for the event, here's everything you need to know about it. Here's the link to join. I'd have that right there to make it as easy as possible to get people in. Uh, the email should include that as well. So like the automated email, not just the broadcast. That way people who register after the broadcast aren't kind of left wondering what to do. And uh, yeah, so that's what I would change. Add the schedule for the current day to the background of the lobby. I would do that. It would probably be a relatively easy uh, swap. Just create some graphics that have the schedule right there on the... Uh, the lobby graphic and just kind of swap those out every day no big deal uh give presenters you know just a little bit more time to have a q a especially online because that's i think that's probably one of the big differences between online and in person is that in person if you have a question and the person's done speaking you know the seminar is over and they have to bring in the next person you can always follow up with the person afterwards and just go to kind of go approach them and ask them oh you know i saw your talk and i really liked it i had a question can i can i throw it at you in the virtual space that's much more challenging because a lot of the times at least from what i saw uh, the people who were done speaking done their presentation a lot of them like had to log off and go and it wasn't, it's not like they were in a physical space where you could actually go, go approach them and find them. A lot of the times they'd be bouncing around the rooms and there was no real like opportunity for you to just, you know, tap them on the shoulder. It was a little bit more of a challenge that way, communicating. I guess that would be one more thing that I would change. But again, it's a spatial chat thing. As far as I could tell, there was no person to person talk. Like there was a chat, chat bar within the seminar rooms. And there's a chat bar within each room in particular, but there was no like private messaging system for spatial chat. So I couldn't just, hey, you know, if I wanted to talk to John Coviello, I couldn't just, you know, ping him and say, hey, John, you know, you know, can you meet me in network room, networking room one or something like that? Uh, I don't know if that is an option. I don't know if spatial chat, like if that's something that was disabled and they could have could have implemented that, but that would be something that I would change. Uh, allow people to talk one on one in a chat capacity across rooms to be able to coordinate a little bit better so that's something i would do 
And I think that was probably that might actually solve the Q and A problem as well. Uh, and then yes, the following the last thing I would change would be that I require presenters to have uh, minimum standards for their microphone and camera. And this is something that I do want to implement for the next summit, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, ideally, people should be able to come in and have a relatively high quality, high quality. You don't need a $500 microphone, uh, but you can get a good recording microphone for less than $100, either a Blue Yeti or a, like an AT4040. There's a whole bunch of microphones that are available that, that sound great, that don't require a huge investment. And if you're going to have a, a webcam and you're going to be presenting online, it helps to have a nice webcam and not be presenting from your laptop camera because generally those are pretty, uh, pretty inferior. So like relatively small investment of like 150 bucks, you can have a nice webcam and a reasonable microphone. And, and that's like, that is, that is the experience when you're presenting online. So I would have, uh, I would have either provided that for the presenters or asked them to kind of to invest in themselves in that, that regard. Uh, because the quality of your presentation really does matter. The quality of your audio, like you can get away with a so-so webcam, but the quality of your audio really matters. Uh, having a dedicated space to uh, present from where it's quiet, you know, like that kind of thing. Audio comes in clear. Uh, hopefully you have a hardwired connection. Like when you're doing things online, you need to try and facilitate some of this. I mean, I know a lot of it is out of your control as the organizer. You kind of hope it works. Uh, but there's always, you know, tech issues and that sort of thing. But you can kind of shore that up by having some minimum standards with the at least the equipment that you get your presenters to bring in. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I would change about Gamma Expo 2021. All right, that's it for this episode of Maniverse Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about Gamma Expo. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on the expo what was your experience like did you have the same issues that i did did you have different problems did you have a perfectly smooth experience with no troubles at all and it was excellent let me know what happened to you what your experience with the expo was what you think about spatial chat i'm always happy to hear some feedback and get a conversation going so uh let me know in a comment either on maniversaga.com or hit me up on facebook or send me an email at tom at always happy to have a conversation now, remember, there's always room to improve and opportunities are available. And if you want to be part of a community on your business journey to share ideas with and continue learning, then you can become a member of the Maniverse Network by going to maniversesaga.com forward slash join. And that's where you can get access to all the seminars from the recent LGS Success Summit, as well as additional exclusive content only available to members, as well as any future LGS Success Summit content will also be available in the network. Until next time... My name's Tom Trapp, and I've been your host. Thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast.